With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is an honor, a blessing, and a dream to welcome in, in my mind, the greatest running back in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles, Brian Westbrook. Not a not a blessing and a dream. It is. It's both of those yeah, things. Well, I appreciate that. LaShawn is up there. Yeah. Deuce is up there. Mm-hmm. First of all, shout out to Deuce. I'm watching the Eagles game and the development of him as a coach on that team from the beginning where I was like, holy crap, Deuce Staley yeah. has a headset on to now I'm like, he looks like he's belonged there forever. And he's getting closer and closer to being a head coach. Do you think he's going to get a chance? You know, it's hard to go from a running back coach to a head coach. It really, really is hard. And that's why he was pushing so hard to become that offensive oh, coordinator. See, yeah. then, and because obviously that's, that's the natural Eric progression. Eric Absolutely. Eric Bieniemy still trying to prove it with the Chiefs it's right hard. now. It's hard. Well, I mean, just imagine. They devalue the running back position. I was going to say. And why would they value the coach? Yeah. And so – for him, he has to begin to pl- call plays. Mm. And obviously the progression for most people is quarterback, yeah. coach, you develop some talent, then offensive coordinator, right? When, when you were in the locker, were you like, oh, this guy could be a coach one day? You know, the one, I didn't. I never thought that he could be a coach. Yeah, yeah. But I always thought, like, you know, Deuce knows his things, and he, he, he understands it on a different level. It just wasn't the X's and O's for him. Sure. It was all about, this is why we do this, and this is this, and this is that. Young Buck, listen to me. Young Buck, just listen. Oh, Don't do that. Awesome. I mean, he, he was one of those guys, and, and I love Deuce. I mean, yeah. I, I remember my first day there where I practiced. I had no clue what I was doing. I remember just running around, just trying to do something fast. Yeah. But, but Deuce was like, listen, slow down. And remember this, just take care of number five. If you if you just block for number five, you're, you're halfway good. there. You're good. Yeah. And and believe it or not, that's what it was. Man. Just go figure out how to block, and the coaches will believe in you at some point. Deuce's pickle juice game was the greatest oh. thing ever. Buddy Lee. That's what we used to call him, Buddy Lee. I mean, Deuce, here's the thing about Deuce. For people that don't know what pickle juice was. Oh, that's right. First game, I think it was like 2000, Andy Reid uh, kicks an onside, onside kick in the kick. first game of the year against the Cowboys, and they go on to win like 41-14, to 14, yeah. yep. and they kept showing Deuce Staley on the sidelines drinking pickle juice because it was really, really hot. So they're down in Dallas. And he had like 150 yards that's rushing right. or something like that. They're down in Dallas. Dallas on that turf, and you know the sun is coming yeah, through yeah, yeah. the little hole in the center. And they said it was like on the turf, like it, outside it was 100 degrees, but on the turf they like said it felt like 120. It was coming yeah. crazy. And so guys that say hydrated, it's fucking they're awesome. drinking pickle juice. This is how much of an ego. Okay, so uh, we have so much to talk about today. <laughs> it, it was the first week of preseason games, which uh, it was great to have football back, yeah. even if it was for like one drive at a time. It sucked a little bit. It, it did. Like, but then again, like seeing Sam Darnold go down the field and go, "Wow, Chris Herndon looks good," and yeah. and "Wow, Qu- like Jamison Crowder is nice." Yep, and then yep. I turn on the 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 um. Browns and I see Baker Mayfield and they're running a two minute offense because that's what Freddie Kitchens wants. And, Mm -hmm. and then like all of it felt really good. 
the AB saga, the Zeke saga, the Melvin Gordon thing continues. We're going to get into all that. I think that Tuesday is one of the biggest days ever in the history of Hard Knocks. I think the show's been going on for 13, 14 years. It could end tomorrow night. Why? I will explain that. Let's start right there. AB's drama. Yeah. Holy crap. Um, There was one point I went on the pro football talk this weekend, and the first seven stories all had Antonio Brown in the title, which means two things. One, it's crazy. Yeah. And two, that's how much people care about Antonio Brown. We've had the mustache this offseason. He holds the team hostage. Mm -hmm. Then he goes to Oakland, shaves it off, gets an enormous contract. Then... uh, He cryogenically freezes off the bottom of his feet. And now what happened over the weekend was he's had a helmet for 10 years, a decade. It's been really like not usable, according to the NFL, for like two, three years. And he's having a fight and he's sitting down with with lawyers, with the NFL (laughs) to keep wearing a helmet. And and Brady and Rodgers and all these other people are having to give away the helmets, too. And he's fighting it. And it's it's what what was your thoughts as this weekend was progressing? Well, well, first of all, I'm going to start here. I don't think that they should have allowed him to have, to, to have that helmet for 10 years. If they're talking about his outdated, that helmet was discontinued in 2011. Unbelievable. And they allowed him for the next eight, nine years to play with that helmet. Did you have a favorite helmet or anything like that? Well, it's funny because I'm thinking about this story. And as a player, you're, you're a creature of habit. Right. Socks. Put my socks on this way. My wristbands, my, my shoulder pads, everything. And part of that is having the same equipment. Thigh pads, knee pads, if you wear them, ankles, all all those different things. You're a creature of habit. And a helmet was a big part of that. And a big part of the the, the, uh, OTAs and things like that is getting used to wearing pads again, getting used to your helmet again. And it was for me, it was always the same fit. I want the same fit. I want the same feel because I don't want to have to worry about any of that when I get on the field. The only thing I want to worry about on the field is getting ready to play. And the, the other, cues and what you're looking for. Absolutely. You don't, you don't need a trainer going, by the way, your favorite tape. Right. Nah. You don't have it anymore. It's not as adhesive. Like, even out of hear tape. That. Nope, no, nope. I don't want to hear any of that. I just want to be able to focus on football. The other part to this helmet thing is that there's a certain look that absolutely. goes with those helmets. Aesthetic matters. And I'm trying to tell you, and I saw it at the tail end of my career, they started changing the face mask. They go yes. into these different shapes, and they look totally different. I have said for a long time, the I think it's Vsys, those the new helmets. Yeah. They are, I used to say, man, they're the best helmets for protection. You should wear them. But they're also freaking enormous. Yes. And huge. Antonio's helmet is like, almost like fits the skull perfectly, yeah. which is why it's not safe. Mm-hmm. But, well, it, here's the other thing. So, my last year in Philly, I was out there eight years. My last year, I had two concussions, right? So I'm coming back from my second concussion in that same year, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. And they were like, we got to put a different helmet on you. And so as a player, I'm like, I mean, I didn't buck the system because I wanted to play. I right. didn't have $30 million guaranteed yeah. like Antonio Brown, but yeah. I wanted to play. So it was important for me. I didn't care what type of helmet they gave me but because I wanted to play. That was my game. I wanted to finish my career in Philadelphia and play football. So when they came back, they came with this huge helmet. <laughs> and, 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 and I know and one, of his, one of his complaints, Antonio Brown's complaints, is yes. it's too big. I can't see. And I understand exactly what he's saying. Because you want a light helmet that you can move around. You're talking about small? Yes. That's what you want as a player. And so they come with this huge helmet, extra padding, trying to protect your head and things like that, which is kind of crazy because in, in 
reality, football is just a hard sport to play right. physically because of your head, right? And so they come with this big helmet, and I felt out of place. I felt completely out of place. You felt like a different player. I felt like, of course. It's like wearing new, new, new shoulder pads when you've had the same shoulder pads for the last 10 years. It, it's, it's for a regular person. It's like wearing shoes that are already broken in versus wearing brand new shoes and walking a mile in. Well, your feet are going to hurt. It's going to feel different. It's going to feel weird. What's incredible to me, though, is Antonio was told multiple times that this was going to happen. Yeah. And instead of spending the offseason adjusting and getting used to it, it sounds like he thought, no, I'll do what I've always done <laughs> and just do what I want. Right. And that's that's where it becomes like everyone else is changing. And, and it kind of has to for, like, liability. But then for Antonio Brown to fight it, I had to think I, – I like to do this. When everybody is going one way – how can I argue the other way? Mm-hmm. So everyone's saying that Antonio Brown is demanding too much or is a little bit crazy, blah, blah, blah. What if Antonio Brown is right? What could it be? And what I thought about was, you know what nobody talked about this weekend? Antonio Brown's feet. And I'm just going to say that Antonio Brown may have prevented himself from like being really effective for the first two months of the season right. because the bottom of his feet are destroyed. And now all we're caring about is him having to wear this old helmet. And no one's talking about his feet anymore. It's crazy because most, most teams, if you're in the team sport, the coach will say, you know what, we're having a bad, a bad couple games. I'm going to be the distraction. Right. To take the attention off of you. Right. In a weird way, Antonio Brown has taken the distraction. It's his own from distraction. Yes. He's, he's distracted everyone to take away the, the emphasis off of the, the ideas off of his feet, which is careless. I mean, these are your money makers. Right. That's that was reckless what that's, happened. That's with that. ridiculous. If I'm John Gruden, and I and I, I have to give John and Gruden some some credit. Yeah. He stood in front of that dog dog on microphone and that and that and the media and he said, I support him. Yeah. If he wants that helmet, I support him and support, support, support. Now he has to do that. Right. Because he paid him a bunch of money, thirty million bucks guaranteed. He was a oh, guy. And that the you last thing in. you want to do is start alienating Antonio Brown already. Absolutely. Before you even see him on the field. But at the same time, come on. I mean, really. Antonio Brown, come on, brother. I, what I want you to do, and here's the thing. I don't want Antonio Brown's career to die on the hill of a helmet. To say, well, this is the helmet I want and I can't, and I can't wear it, because, and I'm going to throw a fit because I can't do what I want. He's too good of a player for that. But, but I'm, what I'm saying is, is if he goes, I'm not playing, and really the reason he's not playing is because feet. his feet. Yeah. I'm just saying it's like very interesting. And I, I equated Antonio Brown's career before a little bit to Chad Johnson in this regard. People forget that when Chad Johnson put on that Hall of Fame jacket after a touchdown, yeah. he was on path to go to the Hall of Fame. Like half of us were like, that's really cocky. The other half were like, well, he's kind of on sense. his way there. And, and and Chad Johnson went and he had that one tumultuous offseason where he had the domestic violence charge in Miami, and it was something crazy in the offseason that threw everything off. And Antonio Brown is pretty much stride for stride, year by year, of productivity. Their numbers are very similar. And they're right around the same time where this is when he went to a new team, and it all kind of collapsed. And I know Chad Johnson had the year in New England where it didn't work, yeah. and then he was going to go to Miami, but... My thing with Antonio Brown, this offseason, like, people are talking about he might retire. I could see it all swirling out of control. And it really frightens me because he's been uh, – if I, if I gave you a million dollars to predict what's going to happen with Antonio Brown next, I don't think you can do it. Well, don't you think that – It's erratic. But, but don't you think that John Gruden should be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's, let's get this thing 
back in control. We got Burphy. We got. I think in- he's the worst coach to try and reel something in, but, because he's also going to want to go out there and say something. Well, yeah, but at some point you got to be like, all right, guys, this has to be. No, this is what winners. Andy Reid would do it. Well, at some point, Andy Reid's going to be like, all right, well, well, I thought he would, and, and I tell you, <laughs> it got spiraled out of control with To and yeah. his, this thing. But at some point, you got to say, all right, let's get back to football. Because to me, now, this is after listening to John Gruden in the booth for 10 years. Yes. I'm thinking he's going to say, all right, guys, I only want you guys focused on football, and this isn't football. Yeah. But it seems to me that on this team out there in Oakland, he's like, all right, okay, cool. Well, we'll support him because you need him. So this is why I think Hard Knocks is either going to go to another stratosphere or it's going to end on Tuesday night. (laughs) We have wanted for 14 years – However long the show's been going on, we have always wanted a team that has great storylines yeah. and all the characters. Mm-hmm. And this is the perfect mix. It's it's not a run-of-the-mill, like, 4-12 and, and 12 Carolina Panthers team. It is the Oakland frickin' Raiders yep. with John Gruden and Vontez Perfect and Richie Incognito and Mark Davis and Derek Carr and Antonio Brown. And they're moving to Vegas. It's the perfect storm. And we know that Hard Knocks takes a week to do the to do their next episodes, yep. and they typically are done two days beforehand. This happened in the window. It happened on a Thursday and a Friday. This didn't happen on a Monday. It didn't happen on a Sunday. So they are going to have ample time to take us behind the scenes of what's happening. If on Tuesday night they gloss over it, and I'm watching two rookies go bowling together, mm-hmm. and I'm watching a third-year linebacker changing diapers mm-hmm. for the first time, Hard Knocks is done. I'm, I, that's how I feel then about it. You mean it. they're going to lose all credibility? They're not giving the real inside look at Then football. I'm going to think it's just state TV. Yeah. That, that the Raiders have taken all creative control, and they've limited all, and it will never be the same, and we've it's jumped the shark. But do you think that's going to happen? Because to it's me— It's my biggest fear. I think that they go—they have to dig deep into that. I— I somebody got up. Somebody said to me, "It feels like a new style of hard knocks. We're not getting the the seven minute intros anymore right. with the crazy graphics. We're not getting like the driving up. We got right into it last week. They st- the first shot of last week was Antonio Brown. That's right. If I don't get all Antonio Brown right now." What's it? So, so what, what do you want to hear? You want to hear behind the scenes Antonio Brown walking into Gruden's office like, yo, uh, my feet hurt and I'm not wearing this helmet. I need access with Antonio Brown. I need John Gruden on the phone, like rubbing his temples, yeah. being like, what's the issue? Yeah. It's a helmet now. Like I need I need people in the locker room talking about it. I need Liv Schreiber going like, while his issue is his feet, uh-huh. there's more afoot. With Antonio Brown. Like, I need like I, I need the segment. I need all of it. I want to see Antonio Brown running onto the field with the old Steelers helmet that he spray-painted Oakland. That, that was gray such Silver. a good part of Mike Silver that it, oh it made it gosh. seem like Antonio Brown was painting the helmet himself. Crazy. He's got, like, his little kids with, yeah. like, that would be spray amazing. Paint. That would be amazing. That, that, I mean, if that put, they put that on hard knocks. So that, you were on a team with T.O. Yeah. And, and T.O., I think, looking back at it, like, Antonio has been erratic. Tio, it made sense. You understood why he was doing what he was right. doing. He was kinda. fighting for him. He was fighting for a contract, a guaranteed contract. Right. Antonio already has the money. Yeah. So now it's all this other stuff. But what is it like when there's one personality that seemingly is a magnet? What is that like for everybody else? So you have to go back to 04. Tio gets there. And now he came in the offseason. It was kind of messed up with Baltimore and the trades. Right. It, it kind of— And the Niners, too. The Niners, yeah. yeah. It kind of came together— 
I would say late. July, there was an arbitrator that had to rule that the yeah, Eagles was could get him. It was on the summer, so it kind of came together. And as a player, I was like going to my second year. I was probably the most excited guy there because I knew his talent. Yeah. Right? And you saw what he was doing on the West Coast. I mean, he was amazing. Best receiver in the game at the time. But we also heard there's a stigma coming with this guy that, you know, some people thought he was a team record, he's a coach record, he's a locker room record. He just couldn't help you. And they say that about AB, too. And they, they say that, but you can't deny the talent. No. So when you when you see that type of talent, you're in my mind, that's all I wanted. Andy Reid has to deal with all that other stuff. That's yeah. his job. My job is to make sure that when he gets on the field, it's going to work. And so that type of talent comes in your team, you're, you're absolutely happy. And I was ecstatic to get him. Then we go to Lehigh, and you've, been, you've experienced Lehigh yes. before. Middle we're talking about 40,000 people coming to watch a summer practice, coming to watch two of the, like, and Andy Reid ran practice like a grown man. <laughs> we're going to hit. We're going to tackle to the ground. Yeah. We're going to do three ones versus ones where everyone's tackling, swear, you know, everything. And so T.O. came, and we saw practice. And so I had the, the, the ability to see it my first couple of years, and then when T.O. came, right? And my first couple of years, practice was good. People, the fans supported it. When T.O. came, it was T.O., T.O. I mean, it was the fans were going crazy. Everyone was following them. Obviously, we went on to have a great year. Yeah. T.O., you know, did his thing, came the back. Eagles for Bowl. years, everybody, like, no offense to James Thrasher, Todd Pinkston. No, it was just a different it, world. It, every year it was, when are we going to get a receiver for That's Donovan? Right. That's right. It was always this thing. Yeah. Conversely, I compare that the opposite. And T.O. was great that first year. The second year, I, I literally watched the day that T.O. did the sit-ups in the, yes. in the parking lot. I was in the train room. I wasn't healthy at the time. I watched him argue with Andy Reid right there in front of everybody. That's what caused it. Argue. I mean, like like going back and forth. Signing autographs was oh, the issue. It was, it was, it was terrible. And, and so this is how I was raised up in the system. Your coaches are the coaches. Their job is to coach. You don't really question them. You may suggest different things, but the coach is the coach. You respect that. And there's a lot of guys, and not just T.O., that just didn't think that. He thought you can go back and forth with the coach, and, and Andy just didn't believe in that. Right. And so he kind of went back with T.O. because, of course, he recognized the talent, and then he just threw him out. And then you're talking about attention. T.O. went home, back to his house, and had a whole media scrum yeah. at his house. He's outside, I mean, shirt off, doing Amazing. sit-ups. I mean, it, it was, to me, now Now we're in camp. Yeah, so what's we're happening now this. for you? We're watching this in camp like, wow. I'm just because this is what the Raiders are doing right now. That's what exactly what they're doing. They're they're looking at every tweet and everything that comes out, and they're like, "So you know what these guys are going through yeah. right now?" Well, here's the thing that they probably will realize as the season goes on. It's impossible if this if this same attitude, the same uh, uh, whatever aura around this team continues, it's impossible to win. Really, impossible. Well, just think we had we went to the Super Bowl the year before. We were we we played a bunch of games without T.O. that year. Right. The playoffs and the, and the end of the regular season. We won without T.O. And I'm not saying that, you know, we could have won the whole season without sure. him because he's special talent. But we won a lot of games before T.O. got there yeah. and then after T.O. was injured. And you're looking at Oakland right now. You're saying, well, first of all, you guys didn't win a bunch of games last year. Nope. You're in a really tough division. I mean, there's a bunch of good teams in that division. You have a, a quarterback that you're still trying to figure out if you're going to give him a long term. Yeah, what did you mean by it was? it's impossible to win well, with a distraction? Like here, here, th- my, my point is this. You have a lot, all those things against you. Division, team, oh, natural all stuff. Yeah. That's, that's natural. It's impossible because to win in this league, you have to have everybody. 
going in the same direction. You can't have half the locker room questioning is your quarterback good enough. Mm. You can't have the have uh, the other half of the locker room saying the it's the wide receiver versus everybody. Uh, it's Gruden versus Antonio Brown. Right. It's perfect versus the defensive coordinator. You can't have that. When you have those types of distractions in a game like football, yeah. where you need all 11 guys at going in the same direction, doing the same thing at once, if you have one guy doing something totally different, it messes up everything. Mm. And and I literally experienced it. We had a good team. Yeah. We still had a good team. Yeah. And we ended up going, I think, 6-10 and 10 that year because we couldn't stay focused because we had so many behind-the-scenes things going on. In the middle of the year, Andy Reid kicks T.O. off the field. He kicks him off the team. Wow. He, he suspends him for a week, and then after that, he ends up suspending him for the rest of the season. There was so much internal fighting, which I have to believe at some point. Now, here, here's the thing that – I think it's going on going on in Oakland. I think in Oakland, a lot of the players support Antonio Brown because of his skill set. I know they do. They I love talk, him. I, I, I talked to a few guys on that team, and a few of them have said to me in the past, one, his work ethic like naturally gets everybody Absolutely. on his side. Yeah. Like I've heard it from Trent Brown and Jonathan Abram and all these guys where they're like, when you see him work out, you're an Antonio Brown same fan. Same thing for T.O. Same and, exact thing. Exactly the same thing. Exact same thing. The, also, he brings with him a culture of winning. Yep. Same they, thing to you. They don't have that in the Raiders. And they, they couldn't get over the hump in Philadelphia, so they kind of rely on that a little bit. But now— Well, he's also their big money free agent, too. And, and he's getting paid the most. It's—because it, it's it's, he is going to have people that are going to support him. No doubt about it. And that's the problem in the locker room. So, and, and let's just say this. There were a lot of people, whether Donovan McNabb was right or wrong on some things, we kind of all just went wrong with the program. And Don was right most of the time. And I'm not right. talking about, you know, he, he wasn't doing anything crazy. Yeah. But we supported our quarterback, right? And so when we had T.O. come in and it went all bad, we had half the room supporting Donovan because they were having a problem with each other. Right. The other half supported T.O., because all those things you just meant, he works hard. He brings it. He's a winning talent, the best in the league. What's interesting now with Antonio Brown, though, it's not Antonio Brown versus Gruden yet. No, it's, it's not, not Antonio no. Brown versus Derek Carr yet. Nope. It's Antonio Brown versus the league. Well, he hasn't practiced yet either. I mean, he's practiced right. one time. Yeah. How could it be? Uh, when you saw his feet, did you think that he could, like, how does that impact his game? Well, from someone that from, can cut on a from, dime. From everything that I've heard is that he can run straight. And we saw him practice that. I mean, he looked good in that one practice. Yeah. Obviously, anybody's going to look good one day a Running year. goes on LaMarcus yeah. Turner. But, exactly. Right, right. Yeah. And so he can't cut. And that's his game. That's all of his game. If you take, you know, Antonio's around 5'10", 180 pounds yeah. maybe. If you take his ability to, to stop on a dime and go left to right laterally, you take that away, then he's just a guy. He doesn't have the straight line speed that no, he had anymore. No, no, no. And so that changes. And the other thing, and this is the the psycho part of the 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 uh, being a player. When you take away what I do great, like for me, and I saw this towards the end of my career. Okay. When you take away my speed, being able to get to the outside, now I get hit in a different way. Now instead of getting hit by the cornerback, I get hit by the linebacker. That's a now instead of getting hit by the experience. linebacker, I get hit by the defensive lineman. Yeah. It's a whole different where you get hurt much faster, number one. Yeah. But it also changes the way you think about yourself. And so in your mind, you're like, I just can't do it anymore. I also think about this. John Gruden on Hard Knocks last week when Antonio Brown, he was like, he's like, hey, man, you got to chill, man. And Antonio Brown's like, I need to take it up. Mm -hmm. And John Gruden looked at another coach and said, when he's out here, he elevates everybody else. No doubt about it. If Antonio Brown, if his injury lingers, the helmet's lingering, he will deflate the team just as much as he was elevating them by being out there. Because they all thought 
We're having Derek Carr and Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams, and we're going to get this new offensive line going. But if the main guy's not there, I feel like it's deflating. Well, I think it weighs you down. I mean, yeah. because because what happens is when the main guy's not there, when T.O. wasn't there for us, we had to answer all those questions that they want. So they, the question stopped being about the Philadelphia Eagles. It started being about well, what's wrong with Donovan and Tio? Why is Freddie Mitchell going to replace Absolutely. Terrell Owens and LJ Smith? How are you going to make up for this loss? Absolutely. And so you're right; it does weigh you down. And I think the same thing is going to happen out there eventually over time. Because they haven't even played the game yet. I'm letting you know that this is going to become Antonio Brown versus John Gruden, and it's going so. to become Antonio Brown versus Derek Carr, because all three of those people have one problem. They know where the camera is, and they all play to it. Derek Carr was all over the cameras in Hard Knocks, uh-huh. and when he did an interview on the sideline of the preseason game, he says, when I'm playing, Warren Sharp put this online, <laughs> when I'm playing, I like to see what the defensive coordinator is trying to do and right. take advantage. And I'm like, you are so cocky, right. and you are not that good. No offense. No, no reason to be that way, right? John Gruden is biting his tongue right now, and we're applauding it, which means he will not be able to do that much longer. He's eventually going to get frustrated because what is John Gruden's baby? The offense. Yep. And if Antonio Brown's not there, you're hurting his baby. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr has already been paid, and he's where did he move his house next to in Vegas, Brian Westbrook? Gruden. Next to Gruden. Yep. So you know eventually he's going to go, it would be great if Antonio Brown was here. Something innocuous and something that simple is going to make Antonio Brown going to go live on Instagram or live on Facebook, and he's going to say some stuff, and it's going to erupt. Don't you think that's Gruden's job, though? Part of, of, it, part of a head coach's job he can't, he is can't to handle get his everybody. Own ego. That's your job. I know. I mean, literally. I mean, of course, he's an offensive guy. You coordinate the offense. You bring different plays and you're designing things. You're bringing in the right players. But the probably the biggest part of your job is to manage personalities. He couldn't do it with Keyshawn Johnson. They had to trade him. So if, same coach, same on a team. Well, why would you if, if you couldn't do it? You got rid of Keyshawn. Why would you bring in someone like Antonio yeah. Brown? Why would you do that? Because you know that coaches go, it's not going to happen on my watch. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Well, I I also want to know about this. People have tracked it back to when Antonio Brown got hit in the playoff game by Vontez Perfect, and now they're teammates. Yeah. They've they've looked back, and since then is when all of the odd actions went. Do you believe that there could be a connection between the two? I... And, and I'll say As this. As someone who's been concussed. I, I've, I've obviously I've been there. I've not, actually did a lot of research on it at the time. And a lot of the studies said that it's, it's usually not that quick. So that was maybe, what, three, four years yes. ago? Most of the studies, when you start talking about concussions, they're saying the early onset, 40s, right. mid-40s or so, 45 or so into your 50s. Yeah. So for it to, to for it him to have that situation where perfect three, four years ago, and for it to start to display itself in this way. Right. It's a little soon for the studies. The other part is, if if it's going to display itself, it's all the time. It's not I'm picking and choosing right. when I want to do crazy things right. and things that don't make sense. It's all the time, not not just when it's convenient to me. That's that that would be the argument against that. It's it's so interesting to watch to Pittsburgh where uh, Ben Roethlisberger is comparing Ryan Switzer to Julian Edelman, yeah, yeah. and I'm watching James Washington in the preseason game, and he looks. 
10 times better than he did his rookie mm-hmm, season. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel awful that Pittsburgh just lost their wide receiver coach. Yeah, I mean, think about all the storylines that are intertwined Crazy. by these two cultures right now. Um, but I, Antonio Brown, it's it's fascinating because he's one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. He's one of the greatest characters that we've seen. Uh, a six-round pick that comes out of nowhere and becomes like the twerk guy, and he's on the cover yeah. of Madden, and yep. he's a Super Bowl winner. And, and then this development. It's just proof to everybody, man. Everybody wants to leave where they're at. Just think about it before you go, man, because change is crazy. The sometimes. grass is not always green on the other side. And, and, I, and listen, they haven't played a game together, but I have to believe in Antonio Brown, 15 touchdowns last year, so he produced without Le'Veon Bell. Yes. They still had a very strong running attack. You still had a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing you the football. I know. Do you have a strong running attack in they Oakland? They also had Mike Munchak, Hall of Fame offensive Absolutely. line coach. Makes a big difference. And now he's in Oakland. There you go. With well, Colton Miller. Well, well here, here's the deal. Do you have a, a good running attack? No. Questionable. Questionable. They do just lost a, They just lost Gabe uh, Gabe Jackson's yeah. out for eight weeks. One of the do best you, O-linemen. Well, do you have a quarterback that's going to be a Hall of Fame type of guy like no. Ben? Not no. even close, really. Not even close. And quite honestly, is that system that John Gruden, that's many people say it's outdated from years and years ago. Is it the same type of system that's going to get you uh, over 100 balls every single season for the next six years? Can't guarantee like, I mean, So, again, the grass is not always greener on no. the other side. No. Sometimes you got But at the same point, if you ain't going to pay me, I got to go. Yeah, exactly. That's what Antonio Brown was. He, so, he really, he didn't care where I sent you. I'm going to use that to transition to Gordon and Zeke. There you go. Uh, over under 10 games played for Zeke this season. Over. Over under uh, one game for Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Listen, I. I That's where I feel. I feel like Melvin doesn't play. Melvin Gordon is in that terrible situation. Terrible. And and here's why it's terrible. Melvin Gordon has oftentimes been injured in his career. He's. I don't don't know if he's ever played 16 games. I I think he might have played 15 early on, right? And so this is what I think about Melvin Gordon. Super, super talented. Big, strong, physical, quick, nice lateral movement. Can catch the ball out of he the back. 16 and 2017, and that's it. That's it. Thir- okay. uh, 14, 13, and 12. So that's that's not terrible, but I mean, he probably could have played some more. It's right? a track so, record of missing games. Yeah, missing some games. Yes. So I, I think he is athletic. I think he's big. I think he can run with power. I think he can make you miss. I think he can get outside and use speed. Yes. He, he had, but, and he had 108 catches the last two years. Bunch so of catches, right? Here's the thing. They have two guys, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. Yeah. That actually had some playing time last year when he was injured, and they did pretty good. Yep. That's the difference. And, well, even more, here's a bigger difference. That offense is built around Phillip Rivers throwing the ball down the field to Mike Williams, throwing the ball down the field to Antonio Gates if he's still playing football. Yes. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Throwing the ball. That's what that offense is about. Now, conversely, when you talk about— especially when you think about Phillip Rivers and the two-minute drill, he's not running it at all. They're they're not worried about Melvin Gordon. They're worried about—listen, we got two guys that can back him up, that backed him up for the last couple years, and they'll do good. They paid Travis Benjamin. Hunter Henry's back. Yeah. They're they're good. Now, conversely, when you talk about Zeke, it's a different story. Uh, uh, Pollard, maybe he's good. Tony Pollard, maybe he's good. Maybe. Who knows? They're over here comparing him to Alvin Kamara. He's not even like, close. You guys need to stop. You guys brought back Alfred Morris. And I I, I think I pl- Alfred Morris was, Morris was playing when I was playing. He was. And, and I'm not, listen, he runs hard, but he's not a starting caliber running no. back in the NFL anymore. Need, need four, I'll get you three. And for a team that is literally built around the run game, 
unless you're telling me that Dak can go win you football games, then you're making a huge mistake. So you think Zeke, do you think Zeke gets a deal before the season? I think Zeke gets a deal next week. You do? I do. Okay. And here's the thing. I think, and I think Jerry's been around football enough to understand that it's going to take you a couple weeks to get in game type of shape. Right. So you can be ready. In this league. And it you, did take Zeke about a week or two when he came back that last of time. Of course. And who knows what he's doing in Cabo. I hope he's having a great time. Me too. Because I'll tell you what, I wish I was in Cabo right now. So uh, I'll leave we that at that. We should be doing this show right. from <laughs> exactly. Cabo. You know, we, should be, we should be watching Zeke work out that. and doing the show. I would love That's that. That's what we should be doing. So, so in, in my mind, it's going to take him a couple weeks just to get up and running. Get him going. It's so important for them to get a home field advantage. You can't, you can't, I mean, listen, I'm not saying that they have a hard schedule the first quarter of the season because I don't think it is, but you can't risk losing any of those games. I, I think that what's interesting is that first game they play uh, the Giants. Yeah. And my thought is, is they're going to watch Saquon go, go crazy. nuts. That's right. And they're going to look back at their own running backs mm-hmm. and they're going to look at Tony Pollard and they're going to go, we know what we could be with Zeke. Zeke really, it, like, I know that everyone talks about the devalued running back position, right. and you were saying that it's somewhat close between Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Zeke is such a different runner and an athlete that everybody else involved, and he's a tone setter. He, he destroys a defense over a game. Demoralizes them. Demoral- Literally demoralizes but, but I'm fascinated at the fact that Zeke, is gone pretty much radio silent other than the one statement that Josina Anderson went with, Mm -hmm. which is like, he's willing to miss games. And a member of the Jones family speaks about this every single day. Yeah. And they, they, it's being reported that Dak Prescott turned down an offer for $30 million a year. (laughs) Again, is that guaranteed? Is that regular? Nobody knows. There's no content. And they just keep releasing information. And I just think it shows that they're desperate. And they're trying to win the public. They're They're trying to win the public. Yeah, yeah. But everybody knows what Zeke's worth. Well. And I don't think he's going to fold. This is what I mean. If if I'm Zeke, you saw what happened with Le'Veon Bell. And listen, and and this is one of the things that I always preach about Le'Veon Bell's situation. He's going to get 400 carries last year in Pittsburgh. Who knows what happens to his body after that? Now, the year before, before he set out, he played injured. Running backs are always hurt every single yeah. game, every single week. So you don't know what this man felt like. I know what I felt like after giving, getting 250 uh, uh, run rushes and then 100 catches. I know what my body felt like. I can't imagine being getting 350 carries. Zeke had 322 carries last year wow. and 77 receptions. Wow. That's what Zeke had. He had almost 400, That's 400 touches. plays of impact. Yes. And, 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 and to me, here's why it doesn't make sense. Your team is built around that. And if you can tell me that, you know, you were willing to let Emmitt sit 92, 93, yeah. well, yeah, that's because you had a Hall of Fame quarterback in Troy Aikman. You don't have that right now. You haven't, Dak hasn't proved that he can be that. You get yourself a new offensive coordinator, uh, you get yourself a new quarterback coach. Yep. But we don't know if we got a new coach, or we on, excuse me, on the field. Talking about Dak, is he that guy that can carry the load? Yeah. Can he carry an offense? We don't know that. We it, haven't seen him do it yet. It's fascinating because all of the contracts are linked together. Amari, Dak, Zeke, and I always throw in Byron Jones because I think Byron Jones He's is phenomenal. That's right. But I, I look at Zeke, and he is the face of that team to me. Uh, and I know that Jerry Jones's 
desire to win a Super Bowl is so big that he will be his downfall in this yeah. negotiation. Yeah. Football Jerry is going to go, hey, money Jerry, I want to win games. He, he's always said, and they, they've said it a couple of times, Stephen Jones has said it a couple of times, we don't want to set the market. Okay. Zeke has two years left. And so the, the, the important part about that is yeah. when you have one year left as a player, you have some leverage. Really, with two years left, you really have zero leverage. Right, they're getting a. They don't need to tear it up. The only leverage that you have is to withhold services. That's the only leverage you have, which is which he's said he's willing to do. Yes. which is the only reason why he hasn't said more. There's nothing else for me to say yeah. after I said I'm not coming until I get a new contract. So, so if if you're Jerry Jones, you don't have to set the market. You don't have to. And I don't think Zeke. And I think in the heart of hearts, he has to understand the business side of it. You don't need to set the market. Listen, Todd Gurley's getting what 14 million yep. a year. You and give him Bell's getting left. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was getting 13. 13. You give him 13.5. And then with incentives, if you make the Pro Bowl, if you get over 1,000 yards, right. then that bumps you up. So you didn't set the market like you said you weren't going to do, but you also made your guy happy. Most importantly, small windows in this game. So you don't think Dallas could be successful if Zeke doesn't play this year? No way. So when, when I hear people say it's really built around Zeke, you believe so much so that like he's gone and it goes from like a 10-win team to what? I would say a 6- or 7-win team. Wow. I, I think Zeke is a difference between two and three games. There's no doubt about it in my mind, which, which can mean the division. You can win or lose the division Absolutely. or get home field advantage. And now it, I say all that in the context that if Dak comes back and he's Drew Brees, right. then Zeke is an afterthought. Right, you you don't need you don't need a guy that's going to get 322 carries. We can split it up between these group of running backs, and we can say, okay, you get your 100 carries, you get 100 carries, and hopefully, we someone else will figure it out, and we'll just all mix match these guys together yeah. and get a decent running back. It's interesting. There's a there's a lot of young quarterbacks that I think are are in in situations that I find interesting. There's the transition year guys like Eli to Daniel Jones, and yeah. what do they do with Rossberger, and how does this work with Phil Rivers? But there's four young guys that I find to be in a very interesting situation. Jared Goff, mm-hmm. Dak, Mariota, and Jameis. All four of them originally drafted by their teams. All four of them at some point or not, either a member of the front office or the coach has come out and said, that's our quarterback of the future. Yep. With Jameis and Mariota, it was implied. Both of these guys are locks. At right now, neither of them are locks. No, no. I feel more confident about Jameis than I do about Mariota. Really? And I don't feel confident about Jameis. Well, why do you? But why? Uh, because there are some murmurs right now in Tennessee <laughs> that um, Tannehill is looking comparable looking to Mariota, yeah. yep. and I can't imagine what it's like to look at a coach and go. Our franchise quarterback and and possible future journeyman Ryan Tannehill right. are that close. Maybe right. we don't have one, but with Dak and Goff. They're both reliable. They're both very good quarterbacks. But I don't know if either team is really sure they're top 10 because they're not. Neither one of them are top 10. And they're arguably top 15. And it's going to get like they're right around there. Right. Because Jared Goff is solid and he can run an offense and the team loves him and he's got a pretty good arm. But on the road, his interception to touchdown touchdown interception ratio goes from 22 to 4 to 11 to 10. He struggles in cold weather, like we saw in Chicago. And he's had moments like in the Super Bowl where you go, 
this isn't going to get it done. And with Dak, we've seen when he has those 20 throws in a row where he can't be accurate. And while his legs are, are, are great, we know that there's a limited amount of time for that. And we sometimes wonder, what if we could do better than Dak? You know, I'm thinking about golf, and, and it's weird because there were times where teams' defense were allowing them to go up and down the field. Fast break offense, really. And then right around the Eagles game, maybe a couple games before that, they said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you everything underneath. Yeah. So now you got to nickel and dime your way down the field. And teams started to do that. And, and that's consistent. Slow, that offense was like, er, we don't know what to do. That also condensed, I mean, and, and through coincidence, was the same time that Todd Gurley started to get falling apart yes. and things like that. And that offense just looked terrible. To your point, they don't know if he can carry the offense. That's a big question. These teams that have been good for years, we're talking about uh, Green Bay, kind of. Yeah. We're talking about the Patriots, obviously. Lose uh, people all the time. Lose uh, the, the Drew Brees and the Saints. They they have one thing in common. They have a quarterback that can carry the team, whether you have a running game or not. People think I hate on Drew Brees. Shout out to Drew Brees. Who's been their best number two wide receiver for like the last three years? Ted Ginn. That's right. So he's really doing it with like not a great wide receiving core, but we don't see that out of guy. He's doing it with accuracy. Great play calling from Sean Payton, who I think is still one of the best. Cam the Newton league. went fifteen and one, and like his number two receiver was Jericho Cotri that right. year. You know, I mean, it, it, so you question golf too? Well, I, I just wonder if he can be consistent enough yeah. and patient enough to take the small gains and say, "Listen, I want to be accurate on every throw, not just the long ball." I'm willing to say, you know what, not there, check down, and for us to win that way. Right. I, I, I don't know that he's able to do that. We saw that offense. Look high flying last year, and then when defense is caught on, they were like, "Okay, we're just going to back off, play some zone." Kevin uh, Clark had a really good uh, art, uh, article for the Ringer where he was talking about how the Chiefs, even when Patrick Mahomes was a backup rookie, began to completely change the entire structure of their front office mm-hmm. by going, "We know he's our." quarterback of the future, and we're probably going to have to pay him upwards in the upper hundreds, millions, maybe even $200 million, and how they said, he's our guy, let's adjust everything. I think it's interesting when you see teams wait. I don't even think you need to listen to their quotes, their action show. They did not wait with Carson Wentz. They did not wait with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, They they saw Jimmy Garoppolo in a few practices. Niners said, sign him up. The Rams are waiting. The Cowboys are waiting. Bucks are waiting. The are Titans the Cowboys are... really waiting, though? Um, I mean, they offered him thirty million bucks for him. I, I'll say this: Dak, the number is between thirty and thirty-two. I think the Cowboys like their quarterback the most out of all of them. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that they I, understand. I have faith in Dak. You, you have to be a franchise. I mean, if, in order to win, you have to have a franchise quarterback. Mm. And they also, in my opinion, understand that it may take them ten years to find another one. Reading into Gurley. And what and and Sean McVay came out and said, you know, we're taking it slow and all that. But I look and he practices one day, he doesn't practice the next. Uh, what does this mean from your view as someone that played the position? I'll take you back. And this is an old history lesson. I tore my ACL in 1996. Stepped in. This is I'm in high school. Stepped in a groundhog hole. Shit. Twisted my knee. We were on this. We were on some public. We went. We were like in a park. So you know, like you go to a park. Of course, they have swings and yeah. uh, the, the what's the thing, merry-go-round thing, yeah. and they have the football field. We're at a public park. My high school, one of the best high schools in the country, has no practice field. Really, we don't have a game field either. We're practicing. Step into a groundhog hole, tear my tear my Damn. ACL. Right. So I, you know, I I I go on to play. Have a couple more years in in, in college. I play surgeries, things like that. Right. In 
2005, 2006, you have to start maintenance and different. You can't practice every single day. You can't go hard every single day. Towards the end of my career in Philadelphia, I was practicing one day a week on Fridays. Mm. And those are like half days. Because what happens with your knee is that the pounding, the constant pounding, if you don't have the the cartilage, which I doubt that Gurley has at this point. He's had knee issues in the past. When you have knee, knee issues, they don't get better. They're constantly getting worse right. every single every time you break a tackle, every time you make a, a move here and there to shift to your left, shift to your right, your lateral movement, it gets worse and worse and worse. And so in my mind, if he's having these problems now, I'm just talking about from my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. from my experience, when you have these problems, especially early on in the season, because uh, I'll say this early on in the season, you're the best you're ever going to be. Even with the bye week, you're still you're still hurting till midway through the week, and you're getting better the last couple of days. But right. you're right back; it goes right back after the bye yeah, week. How many over. weeks does that normally last? What's that? Like that first, like I'm the best I'm going to be all year. Like what? Two week? maybe. So after like two three weeks, that's when we're going to see. That's it. And, and and unfortunately for 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 Gurley, his I mean he's not a physical runner like that, but he's big. He's, he's big. going to get hit on his knees. Yes, he's going to try to make people yeah, miss. They and get, they're going to take they're going to take his legs out because he's a bigger guy. I just think that his knee is one of those things that's going to get worse and worse and worse. And unfortunately for him, towards the end of the season when they need him the most, he'll be at the most unhealthiest that he's been all season long. That's a bad position to be in. I just wonder why teams. That it's it's very public knowledge right now that rotating backs can kind of keep them healthy. And yeah. we see what the Patriots do every year. And the Patriots, what what we laugh as we go, who even knew Jonas Gray was playing tonight and he has 200 yards That's rushing? Right. Bill Belichick's philosophy is he cares at the running back position who is the healthiest. Yep. That's his number one thing. Not about who's the best. And what he does is he saves people. Mm-hmm. So he didn't really run Sony Michelle that much at the end of the regular season because he knew he was going to be a playoff back. You know, before that, throughout the regular season when he was healthy, they ran him into they ran at him twenty right. times a game. Right. And then right before the playoffs, all of a sudden they scaled it back. All of a sudden it's we're gonna dump off to James White That's ten right. times a game. That's right. Or we're gonna get Rex Burkhead involved. Yep. And they do like almost a bullpen of running backs. Mm-hmm. Now, there are certain guys in this league that I think are too special. Zeke is one of them, Saquon is one of them, right. uh David Johnson if he can be healthy, Le'Veon Bell. We'll find out about uh Kamara. And, 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 and McCaffrey, yeah. 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 but even Kamara, they're putting him on like a like a, a snap, not a snap count. They still want him to get his touches, but they don't Run want him touches. to be on the field when he's not getting that's touches. Right. So that's why draft Latavius Murray. Yeah. Um, but I I look at these teams and I wonder, look, man, if you know you want Todd Gurley maybe early because that's what he's going to feel the best, and you just drafted Devery Henderson and you got Malcolm Brown, mm-hmm. like maybe I sit Gurley three or four games in the middle of the year if I'm a team that really thinks I can make a run in the playoffs. And you have to manage it. I, I would love to see. I mean, I just, I'm sure I, he doesn't want to say. Uh, here's the hard part, and I, I think they have some backs that can back him up. And, 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 and Kawhi some, Leonard is on a, you know what I mean? He does the same well, thing. It's, it's a whole different world now. I mean, and, and I'll tell you, even when I watch these preseason games, just talking about sitting guys and getting rest, I doubt that any of the good teams are going to be playing their players for an extended period no. of time. And I, I saw Andy Reid play these guys for a little bit there, but I mean, I'm talking about they might not play at all. We're talking about in Philadelphia. Yeah. Carson may not play in the preseason. Yeah. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? He got hurt. He wasn't active last year. He got hurt. You're not going to play this kid. But it also, you're talking about when coaches have jobs 
And whether they have a job next year or not depends on winning. Right. They're going to put all their eggs in the basket. Be like, listen, I'm not wasting you in preseason. Right. It has to be a regular season thing. So I, I kind of believe that. I, I think that if I'm the Rams and Sean McVay, there are some times where I'm saying, listen, you're not going to, I'm not going to not play you because I want you to get your starts, probably some incentives involved with that contract. But there are some times where I'm, you may only get 10 carries a game. That's that. Yeah. Because we want to get these other guys opportunities, but we also want to rest you. Because when we need you the most last year yes. in the playoffs, you weren't there. You weren't there. And, and even though Anderson had a great run, yes, that's not sustainable. And we all know it's Absolutely. not. And so I look at Gurley and I go, throughout the year, I want you to get warmed up every week as though you're playing. No doubt about I it. I want you to go through the process. Mm-hmm. I want you to get ready on game day. I want you to stretch. Yep. But I might not use you. And not as okay. much. Yeah, not as no, much. I don't have a problem with that. But it's. It just sucks. You would have a problem if you're Todd Gurley and you have incentives in your contract, though. That's the problem. That would be the only issue. Well, and unless you're saying, listen, I'm going to get however many guaranteed bucks. So it really doesn't matter. Yeah. But the only issue that you would have if, if you're Todd Gurley is that if I got some Pro Bowl incentives, if I have some rushing yard incentives, right. I get a million dollars and I'm at 850 yards with two games left, and you're telling me I'm going to sit, then I got some problems. Um. Preseason games, rookies. Any any rookies that you saw or young guys or anyone that kind of jumped out to you that you said, you know what, I want to buy low on this guy? <sighs> I, so I, I watched the Giants game, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. Man, Daniel Giants fans went from booing Daniel Jones yeah, to calling him now, the savior. Right? Yeah, I, I, I think he. I mean, I think Pat did a good job. Pat Shermer, their head yes. coach. I think he did a good job. And really, when I looked across the league, even with Kyler Murray, Murray, they did a good job of getting him plays that he could be confident yes. in. So Josh Rosen, Rosen down in, in Miami, they gave him some plays that allowed him to build some confidence. I even thought, even though he threw a pick six, I thought Dwayne Haskins played great. I'll tell you this, and I was, so I was in, you know, of course, I'm from Washington, and I was down there watching the game, and I, th- I think that he has a lot of talent. So this is what's so funny. Strong arm. Is, this is what's so funny that you guys can be good football fans uh, if you just go to YouTube and you go to NFL and you just write type in every Dwayne Haskins throw. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be one of those people that watches SportsCenter and you see a pick six and go, yeah. oh, that was bad, I'm just letting you know there was like three or four plays where Haskins like knocked a linebacker on the yep. ground and then uncorked a 40-yard laser. And I said – Trent Williams isn't out there. Nope. None of the wide receivers are mm-hmm. out there. This team's a mess. But those are plays that nobody else could do. Daniel Jones couldn't do that. Well, this is what you get in Haskins. A big athlete, physical, and live arm. I'm talking about this guy it throws a football. And so I, I was going to get to him, but let's start there. I think all the coaches did a good job of protecting the quarterback. Play action pass, yeah. get him out on the edge so they can either throw it away or run. Hopefully not. Or get him an easy dump off pass. When you watch Kyler Murray, first couple of plays, three steps out. So he's catching the ball out of the shotgun. Right. Not really a hard read. The defensive back is off the off the receiver. Three steps, boom, Dang. balls out of my hand. Read option slant. Yeah, read option slant. Right. And so in, in a lot of the things were to, to the outside for Kyler Murray. Some of the quarterbacks, you want to get them going towards the inside so you can see it right in their face. Yeah. But, I mean, the coaches did a great job. That's why I mentioned Daniel Jones. I think Pat did a great job of getting them confident. And that's what you want to do. First preseason game, I'm not playing any of my real starters. Right. But I want to get these young quarterbacks in particular some confidence so that now the second preseason game, you're going to see different style of defenses. Right. It's going to be a little bit harder. Those 
those guys that were open last week, they're not going to be open this week. But now you have that confidence that, hey, I can complete balls in the NFL. That was important. I even went back and watched every throw of Drew Locke because they just had their yes. second one. And he looked better for Denver. Yes. he Like the first game that he had on the Hall of Fame game, he did not look good at all, prompting Vic Fangio to be like, no, he looked awful. But in, <laughs> in against Miami, or not Miami, uh, whoever Denver played, he looked a lot better in that game. Yep. I love... And I'm a little bit obsessed with Kyler Murray's look. I don't like know. It. He's got the little bandana tails yeah. coming out the back. He's so much shorter than he's been telling everybody, which is great. The visor. Uh, always in shotgun. Cannon for an arm. Cannon. He starts running and people look like they're in slow motion. Um, the, the look of Kyler, he looks so fucking cool. I was impressed that, I mean, listen. Uh, you saw it with Vic, guys, af- athletes, right? Lamar Jackson, too, really during the regular season and the preseason last year. When you're an athlete, your fail your fail safe is always just run. Yeah. Use your legs. At no point did Kyler Murray even consider running. Get the ball out of my hands. I'm a passer. Congratulations to him. Again, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, yeah. maybe. Get the ball out of my hands, pocket passer. That's yes. impressive to me. I even look at guys like Lamar Jackson. I thought this year the, the Ravens would run the ball a thousand times. But Lamar actually looked good. Didn't run the ball at all. And I, again, I always have to take it all it's in all context. Preseason. preseason, first preseason game, basic yes. defense. You'll see some blitzes, things like that, but nothing nothing too crazy. That's like I saw the, the one nice throw from Lamar Jackson was, in, was a great scheme. Yeah. A tight end came across and created like a flow concept. And so, yeah, he completed the pass, but I was like, nobody else is doing that in preseason mm-hmm. other than Baltimore. Nope. But Daniel Jones... Uh, what he did more importantly than throw a touchdown was he looked somewhat like a quarterback. He had the nice touch on the one across the middle. Yep. He had the nice touch. The thing about Daniel Jones also is he's not afraid to throw it into a crowd, which I appreciate about him. Do I believe that that's all I need to see about him? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely I think, not. I think he has a long way to go. Sure. However, when you, I mean, this is weird because you don't get this when you're young. I'm talking about a young player. The preseason is really all you got. So I got to show these coaches that I can yes. play. As you get older, the importance of the preseason, especially to the team that's going to be playing, right. is less. And that's less why. And that's less. why everyone's returning kicks from like yeah, eight yards so in the end like, zone. Yeah, I got to show. They, they need to get on tape. That's right. And so, I, of course, I think a lot of people have put a lot of emphasis on this first game because that's all we have. We, yes. we we have a hunger for football, and this is all we have. I, I, I think that these first games are great confidence boosters. You can ruin a guy too. Let him go out there and get sacked three or four times. And see see what he does the next game. Sure, he's going to be shotgun. I mean, uh, shell shocked and scared every time he touches the ball. I, I think these coaches did a great job. When when I look at these guys, are you going to win your job in in the preseason? For some of these guys, yeah. But also Daniel Jones, guys like that. Even Josh Rosen, who may or may not start behind Fitzpatrick down there uh, in Miami. At least you can see what he can do. Yes. At least you can say, okay, you know what. I can build on that. I, I I just remember small things like Andy Reid seeing things in preseason. Oh, I didn't know you could run that route. Let me let me scheme up some things that can make you more useful in the regular season. Mm. You can see what these young guys to do. What are the things that you fall back on? Third and three, out route for Kyler Murray, easy money. Easy we money. saw that already. These are the small things. We saw the same thing with Daniel Jones, strong arm, Dwayne Haskins, strong arm. Put him in a rollout situation. He kind of looked like Doug Williams. Really? When, when I'm watching that guy, oh, I'm like, damn, he looks kind of like Just how big he is. Big, physical, strong arm. He made some bad decisions. Da- uh, Dwayne Haskins made some bad decisions. That's okay. 
I don't, I don't, I don't mind that at all. Neither do I. I, not even if if he really puts a he threw bit two more picks. Touch. One was just he just didn't touch it right. He like didn't touch it. If he does. Oh, he was wide open. Yeah, wide open. And then the other throw, he just overthrew it's it. Overthrow. And then that that's happens. It. Yeah. To me, that's nothing. No. For a young quarterback, so it was good to see these young guys get involved. And you look for athletes. Like I watch the Bears and I see uh, um, Montgomery, and I yeah. go, "He's a baller." Yep, yep. I look at the Chiefs and I see Mecole Hardman. I go. That's a lot of fucking speed. We're talking about building plays. Yes. I mean, I, I can't imagine. This is what Andy Reid told me. We're going into the summer. We pick up Mike Vick, right? And I was excited. Mike Vick's coming out. Do of you prison. know the anniversary of that is ten years ago tomorrow? Is it? The so August. Well, it's going to be Tuesday, August thirteenth. Is the ten year anniversary of Vick signing wow. with the Eagles? Wow, that I mean. It, Seems like yesterday. It makes me feel worse because now I'm getting older and older, apparently. But, but what happened when he well, signed? So Andy, I'm, I'm talking to Andy in the hallway. He's like, yeah, we're going to get Vic. I'm like, okay, that's what's up. I mean, you thinking about Michael Vic 7 running around the field, the Michael Vic experiment. You remember the commercials, right? Of course. Right? And so he's like, you know, so he spends his offseason in California on the beach. Andy does. <laughs> Which is funny because seeing Andy on the dog, which is a whole different story. But he said, I drew up all these plays. He said he he handed me napkins worth of plays. Wow! That he drew up from Vic. Now I'm looking at the young kid. Was it Hartman? Uh, for Nicole Hartman. Me, yeah. yeah, for um, Chiefs. The Chiefs. And when you see that type of speed, you combine that with Tariq Hill. Well, what is Andy out there doing now? I wow. mean, he's drawing up plays on napkins again because you can't teach that. So Andy's one of those guys that when he gets a piece, oh, yeah. the excitement is so much that he just starts beautiful mind drawing. Like a little things. kid. Like a little kid. Yeah, like doodling like a little kid, but he's drawing plays. And he would come up to you and just be like, hey, I just drew up a great one. Yeah, yeah. This is what we're going to do. You're going to go in motion, and you're going to do this, and then we're going to pitch the ball here, and then you're going to go. I'm like, coach, come on. This offseason has been the ode to Sean McVay, that Zach Taylor got a job, and Matt LaFleur got a job, and Sean McVay, and then he came from Kyle Shanahan. That's the new offense. But there's been this other wave on the internet of Andy Reid's the best offensive mind in the NFL. And it's been coming up through Twitter. I've been seeing it. And and people are going, everyone says that McVay makes Goff. Why doesn't Reid make Mahomes? And then they show the plays, and you see all these these amazing opportunities. Is Andy Reid up there in terms of best offensive minds, and would you even be willing to say he's the best in the NFL? Think about offensive mind. Obviously, McVay. I think McDaniel's and oh, a thousand special. percent. I think um, my top four typically is McVay, McDaniel's, Payton. Sean Payton, yeah. and uh, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan, I and, love. Kyle and Shanahan. I have been disrespecting Andy Reid. And I, I kind of think Andy, Andy Reid should be in, over. Should he's be not, in he's that not mix. 25. I mean, that, that's why. All those other guys are We low, like good-looking, like Cliff right. Kingsbury, yeah. pop your collar. That's right. And Andy Reid's over there look like a former offensive Just lineman. Looking like an offensive lineman, but he, he knows how to coach guys. We talk about managing personalities. He knows how to do that very well. He knows how to allow his quarterback to play the game, but all during the week. I'm teaching you and I'm building your confidence all throughout the week. Part of building your confidence as a quarterback, and, and, and this is just the way it is, you want to challenge the guys during practice, but you also want them to be right. You know what I'm saying? So as if it's cover two over here and man-to-man over here, I want my quarterback to understand that I don't want you to throw to the cover, cover two side to the right and get the ball to the left side, the right. man-to-man. I, just, I want you to see it. Then I want you to complete the ball. That's important. How you practice is important, just as important as how you play in the game, because right. this is how I build your confidence. So that now when you go into the game, you're this animal that has never been defeated before. So you're confident, Patrick Mahomes, to throw any ball up there and know that your receiver is going to be there. 
that's the type of animal that Andy Reid builds. He builds that through his practice and his repetition and how he teaches these young I guys. I feel like he gets to use his full offense with Mahomes. And I don't think with McNabb and Alex did, yeah. Smith he was able to. It feels like now he can really uncork it. Well, I, I think I think Patrick Mahomes, and, and when you compare him to McNabb, talent-wise, I, I, I think arm talent, Mahomes probably has a little bit more, right? Yep. I think McNabb was probably just as athletic. I think he had arm strength just the same. But as far as the refined passing part, Mahomes probably is a little bit better. Yes. You also have to understand, Donovan, except for those year and a half with T.O., Todd Pinkston, James Thrash, right. Greg Lewis, Chad, Chad Lewis, Chad Lewis, Reggie Jeff Brown, Thomason. and everybody's like, who are Keep these going. guys? These, Brown. These, these are just guys that that Damian Douglas. Yeah, yeah, Damian Douglas. I mean, these Damian. are just guys. I mean, these are all my good friends, but they, Smith, they're not Tariq Hill. Yeah. No. They maybe just didn't have that same type of talent. And so it's a bit different, you know? And so when Andy now, he's like, listen, I got the arm talent, I got a good running back in the backfield, and I got some guys out here, Kelsey. Hill, yeah. uh, Hardman, that can go get it. And if you have that, I mean, it's just hard to stop you. The, Do you know that people are saying that the Chiefs offense is going to take a step back this year? I think, I mean, they I put up. I think they're wrong. I think they put up some huge numbers. I think they put up huge numbers. You think they can get better? I don't think, I think it's very hard to improve on a 5,050 touchdown right. season. And I also think that they took a step back at running back and no one wants to talk about it because mm-hmm. they don't want to get into the domestic violence of Kareem Hunt. But like Damian Williams and Carlos Hyde are. Damian Williams played good last year when he had a chance. To sure. Play good. But I think that Kareem Hunt is like, there's a Different reason level. why at Brown's camp right now, they're like, in week 10, we're getting him back. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. I've, I've talked to some of their guys, like, they can't believe it. But with with the Chiefs, um, a lot of it, I think, comes down to the health of the offensive line, too. Okay. Um, and I also think that their offense was so good last year, partially because their defense was so bad. They kept getting, like, it out of was necessity, really. necessity they had to shoot yeah. out. But now with Frank Clark and Honey Badger and Darren Lee, like, I think the defense will be a little bit better, but I still think they're going to put up numbers. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is getting stopped at all this year. I, I, you, uh, there's always a fear, and, and you say you rookie, not, not because that uh, Patrick Mahomes was a rookie last year, second-year guy. Really, his first year playing. Yeah. So a lot of times, teams, especially you know, in your division, they adjust. They watch I, the I don't think it's happening, bro. It's hard to adjust the arm talent. I mean, Belichick, that, that's Belichick played him twice. Mm-hmm. So Belichick had game footage heading up to that first game, and then when Belichick plays a guy twice in the same season, yeah. they pretty much get destroyed. And he put up over 35 points both games. I don't think he's someone that you can game plan because I think he can throw it further than your defense, and I think the offense is too strong. I don't think he's game planable. Well, that's what you're like Rodgers. Arm talent. I mean, the yeah. arm talent is like, I don't care if I have Aaron Rodgers, if I have a run game. I don't care, Drew Brees, if I got a run game. I just need me. I just yeah. need this right shoulder. That's all I need. And with that, I can win, period. Yeah, I don't care who you put out there. And Andy Reid, fortunately enough for him, you know, talking about the, a, a bag of wishes, you got Kelsey, best yeah. tight end in the league. Uh, Tariq Hill, one of the most explosive players in the league. Everyone forgets Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. Debo Samuels is there. No, no, he's on the Niners. No, 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 I'm yeah. I'm, I'm no Miko Hardman. No, uh, Sammy Watkins, Miko Hardman's there. They, they have a bunch of guys. They got this guy Robinson that's really good, good. too. I mean, they have so many guys. Um, what do you think about Miles Sanders? Have you gotten a chance to like watch him at all? I've seen him a bunch. I think it's very eagle centric of me. I need yeah, to know. Yeah, I, that was a, a quick switch back to the Eagles, man. I, 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 I love that. It. I love I that about it. you. I love that. Just go always get back to the <laughs> Eagles. It always comes back to the Eagles. I think Miles Sanders is going to get a bunch of opportunity this, this year. I, I, I don't know 
and I'm going back to last year, I don't know how Jordan Howard fits in this offense. I think they want to run the ball a bunch. I think they will run the ball a lot, especially to protect Carson. And I think Miles Sanders fits what they want to do better than Jordan Howard, solely based on what I saw from Jordan Howard last year. It didn't seem like he was interested. There was times where I'm saying, of course, he didn't fit, uh, you know, that Nagy's offense, but it felt like he didn't want to fit it either. And he looked a little heavy to me. Jordan Howard, in my mind, fits the LeGarrette Blunt and what they were hoping Josh Adams could be last right. year. A bruiser. Which was, we're up 10, and we want to punch you in the mouth That's this right. drive. That's right. Or or it's third and one, and Josh Adams had the fumbling problem last year. And LeGarrette Blunt was that guy that, you know, end of the game against the Chargers, bust out the 60-yard right. run. Middle of the game against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, 40-yard touchdown run. Too. And And... Every story I've ever read about read about Jordan Howard, it's his shoulders falling off and he's still going to play. Mm-hmm. And then Kyle Long comes out after the game and is like, I would do anything for Jordan yeah. Howard. I don't think the Eagles have really had that guy. They, they had a glimpse of it with LeGarrette Blunt, but Howard's more in his prime. But I agree. I think Sanders, this offense, if you can put him out there with two tight ends, and now you have all these wide receivers with the Eagles, whether it's Alshon, Deshaun, Ortega Whiteside, right. um, I, I really only need Miles out there. But Howard is my bruiser in the in the red zone. And, and this may sound a little weird because this guy, this name I'm about to throw out there, I mean, he did a, he only had a cup of coffee in Philadelphia. But remember Jay Ajayi? Of course. He's he a free agent ran right now. hard when he was healthy. Yeah, won the Falcons game week one. Looked good when he was healthy, when he was right. I think Miles Sanders can be like that mm. for 16. I, I think he can run physically. I think he can be shifty. I think they can hand him the ball 15 times, 16 times a game, and he can be very productive. I think he could be that guy, especially when you talk about you put him in 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends. Defensively, what do you do? If you go big, then you get beat by the pass routes by Goddard Goddard and Ertz. Ertz. So you can't put three linebackers on the field, right? Yes. So you got to go nickel. Some teams will say, I'm going to go dime. I don't care. So if you go nickel, let's say you got two linebackers in the game and a cornerback and four down linemen. Well, we're just going to run the football. Yes. That's what we're going to do. We're going to spread you out, and we're going to run the football and see if that one linebacker can make, can make a play. And for the first time, if the Eagles go Alshon, Deshaun, Goddard, Ertz, and Sanders, they can truly do whatever they want, and they finally have a wide receiver that can stretch you deep yeah. and is a real threat. Yeah. We, it, Legitimate threat. That, not, not that— I believe that Deshaun Jackson also brings a swagger that the Eagles haven't had in years. They haven't had it. They haven't They've had all it been polite. Yeah. It's all been like Jordan Matthews. and the, I'm not taking shots, but everybody goes like to church Ashton together. Too. Same thing, yeah. But now Deshaun Jackson is like, nah, fam. This is how I get down. Yes. This is, but this is, this is actually, to your point, I'm a little bit concerned about the offense because of that. Not not because of his swagger and things like that. I don't know that they have a backup to Deshaun Jackson. Oh, that's what can really concerns me. And, listen, and we know that Deshaun misses games. He'll, he'll miss. He'll miss three or four games. Yeah. And, and and not saying anything bad about Deshaun. Mac Hollins. His shoulder and, and Mac Hollins hasn't been healthy either. No, no. I don't know that he's even practicing at this point. Who is a team that made the playoffs last year that you're going? I don't think they're going to make it again this year. Last year that made it. Mine is uh, the Texans. What? Really? Yeah, Texans. Well, I think the Texans had uh, the easiest schedule in the NFL last year. Yeah. And when you look at the quarterbacks they faced, it wasn't good. And then when they played one, they collapsed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think their offensive line is a mess. Uh, I think that Jadavian Clowney is kind of holding out. And, think so? Well, you, you, no, you don't think he, he comes back? No, no, he's going to play. Right. But I just I think that um, 
I think they take a step back. I think the Jaguars take a step up, and I think the Colts keep playing well. Well, why? Well, tell me what makes you think the Jaguars are going to take it. That team looked terrible. I look at the Jaguars and I see a team that— You uh, believe in Nick Foles. They had a ton of injuries, and I think that usually that, that regresses to the mean. Mm-hmm. So I think that offensive line is going to be a little bit healthy. Uh, Fournette missed an, a number of games. Uh, Blake Bortles stinks. Uh, so Nick Foles brings him up, and I think that defense is still really, really good. My only hope is that Jalen Ramsey doesn't start looking to play for the Titans mid year uh, mess them up but I think the Jaguars will be back in the seven and nine eight and eight teams so with that being said Tennessee is I mean the Texans are out I think so Colts win the division the Colts win the division yeah and the Jaguars are one of like are fighting with the Jets the Bills all the teams the AFC North yeah because uh, I don't know who's winning that one and then like whoever the secondary team is in the West I'm gonna say it's probably the Chargers of course uh, for one of the wild card yeah. teams I, I'm thinking and I'm looking at him here I had to pull them up and I think the Saints or the Rams one of those teams doesn't make the playoffs really yeah it's a bold, I think it's I think it's, it's, it's always hard to go against Drew Brees I think the Rams make it but I think the Rams may I, I think Seattle's going to be good I think so too. I think that the Rams may be the wild card. I, I think the Chicago Bears because I believe. Yeah. I believe that the Vikings at some point. I just believe they're going to figure it out, and I don't know why. I believe in Diggs and Cook and Thielen, and then for some reason I, I like Kirk Cousins, and I don't know why. But I do too. I think that the the Vikings will be much better. I think Green Bay. I think Green Bay is out this little division. Funk man, I don't think he's even a funk with the coach between Lafleur and, right. and the quarterback. I think it's just. You know, the media playing games again. I think Chicago may be in the short end of the stick there. Again, I think it's hard for teams and defenses to understand what a team is going to do when you have a brand new head coach. I'm also wondering, this is a this is kicker news, so it's not that big. Uh-oh. But the Ravens had Kickers. this kicker, Kari Vedvik. Yeah, yeah. And he apparently was banging out 50. He kicked 53 and 58 against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but made all four. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings traded for him. Yeah. And the, the Vikings... Uh, this is like a two per for me. One, he can kick and punt, and I've never seen someone do that both on a team very, and very maybe rare. save a roster spot. But you know what else it did? It prevented him from going to the Bears. And the Bears, it's defining their camp. We, we, me and, and Ingbert talk about all the time about Panero versus Fry and who's yeah. going to win, and Panero missed a kick. And, and you take maybe the number one other kicker off the market from your other team. I think the Bears take a step back this year also. Well, there are, the Bears were last year where they were double a doink l- away from Bro, there's a lot of reports game. right now that Trubisky is not looking that great in training camp. Hey. I like Trubisky, but he also um, he was not that great last no, year. No, no. That offense. Listen, last year Tariq Cohen was awesome. Amazing. I mean, he was My doing some mensch. things. I mean, it was really, really cool to see what he was doing. I'm wondering if he can carry that over for another year. I think the Bears, if I had to pick one, is probably the, that one team that falls out of the playoffs. I, think, I can't. I can't see the Green Bay Packers not making a playoff two years in a row. Right. I agree. And then you and like you said, the Vikings are are right up there. Right and there. I would say the yeah. Lions should take a step up this year you too. So? Ah, the Lions. Now, when I say step up, I mean if they won four games last year, That's they win six. Right, they, right, they, right. But they 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 improve. But I think that the defense is going to be a lot better with all the guys they got with Trey Flowers yep, and all that. Yep. Um, it's a new offense with Stafford, but I think they're going to give it more to carry on Johnson. The offense was better. I just think they have to improve. I'm going to make a statement, and I think you're going to get angry at me. Okay. I don't. Th- <laughs> I don't think the gap between Donovan McNabb and Kirk Cousins is that big. What, what do you mean? 
I don't think because I am about to get mad. Yeah, but I don't think do Donovan McNabb's that much better than Kirk then you're Cousins. then you're crazy. And let me tell you why. I'm, I'm gonna ask you a question. How many how many years has how many times have Kirk Cousins been in the playoffs? Uh, he got to the playoffs one, two, maybe two. I'll, I'll look at if you're gonna ask let's, me statistic okay, questions. Okay, let's 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 just say two. The question for Donovan McNabb, season after season, was never will you make the playoffs. That was that wasn't even in the conversation. Brian, it's a team game though. Your defense was amazing. Yeah, so what? And you, the Vikings have one of the best defenses too. They have a really good defense. Yeah. So what? I'm not talking about. I'm just you're saying, talking about stats wise. No, no, I'm talking about them as players. And then you're then that then you're absolutely right. I will get mad, and I do think you, you're crazy. What do you mean? Do you know why I think it's close? Why? Because I think Kirk Cousins is getting every ounce of his potential, and I don't think that Donovan used all of his potential. I think Donovan naturally is a better player than Kirk Cousins. Okay. But because Kirk maximized, and I don't think Donovan maximized, I don't think the gap is that big. I think it could have been that good. Do you remember the year when Donovan McNabb came in absolutely shredded? Yeah. I don't. I don't think it ever happened. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Listen, he like I always thought that Donovan McNabb came in like and damn, I didn't want to get into this again. No, let, let me let me stop you here. Yeah, please. Where did Kirk? What team did Kirk Cousins <laughs> inherit that were terrible? And he brought him out of that. He had the one year where he almost took Washington to the playoffs with Sean McVay as his OC. Say? I heard you say something. Of I heard course. you say an important word in there. And and this is the turning point of this Do you conversation. believe that Donovan McNabb ever carried the Eagles by himself? There's no doubt about that. Okay, I'll stop. What do you let me ask you this? Who was the wide receivers? I like Todd Pinkston. Yeah. That's my yeah. I, Todd Pinkston's a good friend of mine. I like him too. Yeah. But who was the wide receiver? Is he is he Thielen? No. Is he Diggs? No. 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 So so who is he? All I know is is that I know that Andy Reid used to have parts of the playbook that was you and LJ Smith. That's right. And I thought that you two were were really fucking good. Well, we, we were, but Donovan was a big part of that. I know. And teams respecting his legs and his arm. Will you agree with me that he didn't reach his potential, though? I think Donovan, and this, this is just my opinion, and I think he has to want to do this, too. I think he probably could have played another five, six years. And I think he could have started. And I also think he could have been a backup for another five, six years if he wanted to do that. Right. I think he got out of the league prematurely. I think there's a lot of things that go into that. Yes. But I also think that, as a team, not just Donovan, as a team, we probably underachieved because we had we had really good talent and we had a leader. And we had a good coach. Did you guys ever question Andy Reid's time management? I think the media questioned a bunch. Like, they question as, all the as, time. As a player, I never. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't my place to question that. As yeah. a player, I'm just now like, that man, you're done, yeah, now that I'm like, he probably could have did some things differently. We could have yeah. probably won a couple games differently, right? But I also felt that. The end of the game didn't necessarily tell the whole story of the game. That there probably was some plays in the second quarter that we could have done different. Sure. Or I could have done a better job blocking in the third quarter. All Maybe I know I is, is I don't think that era was a disappointment. I thought it was fucking awesome. I thought it was awesome too. But when you but what happens is when yeah. you win the Super Bowl in 2017, they forget about what happened from from 99 nah. until 2000. Nah, fuck that. The, that era, <laughs> like this, that the Super Bowl winning Eagles team. Um, was very calm compared to your era. And I think we look at the Jason Kelsey speech afterwards yeah. and Lane Johnson's comments yeah, about the yeah. Patriots, and it adds a lot more color to it. Um, and, and look, you have Malcolm Jenkins, and, and but 
but Carson and Nick Foles are kind of vanilla. No. You know what I mean? Like Jordan Matthews was like vanilla. And and uh, I look at those teams and I think about Trot and Douglas and Dawkins and you and and the personalities and Freddie and and John Runyon. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and Hollis Thomas. Yeah, you, you, you just look at all of them and you're like. I don't know that that was it was like my first date. It's weird because when I look at this team that won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, underdogs. I mean, they they lived off of that. Lived it. There was no y'all season. were the favorites every fucking year. Absolutely. Sports Illustrated picked you guys to win every, every year. fucking year. That was that was that's. But I, in my in my opinion, obviously we had a really good defense. We had some. In my, we obviously had one Hall of Fame yeah. defense. We had some really good players. Vincent on the Taylor and Al Harris for a little bit. But part of me understands and believes that Donovan was the thing that made that thing go offensively. And, and, and I watched the game in the vet where he broke his ankle. And threw four touchdowns against the Arizona Cardinals. And this sucker just kept on going back and tape it up. Yeah. I, I saw him on his tape it up, tape it up, tape it up. On the vet, that's like playing on top of this table. Yeah. Tape it up, and, and he went and played. Everything he did, and, and this is Donovan as a friend. He was a professional. They attacked him in a lot of different ways that a lot of people don't get attacked. They, they try to do everything to, to say the black quarterback and this yep. and that and not smart and all he has is athleticism, yep. and he became a better pocket passer. I'm going to retire my Donovan takes after today. All right. You, you told me that. Last time I came here, you told me that. No, I didn't. I just you were, you were thinking it at least. But I was just walking to work today. I thought about Kirk Cousins. <laughs> like, he's not that much. Uh, last thing for you is who do you think is the best running back in the NFL right now? If oh. you had to pick one. Um, so I, I think it's, I mean, and I, I got to put Zeke in it. I think it's between Zeke and Saquon, and 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 I, I think uh, Kamara is, is right there too, right? And so I I, I think pure running back, a guy that's going to run the ball a bunch, I would pick Saquon. I think Saquon's the best running back Be- because in the NFL. I mean he has the same ability, if not a little bit more, a little bit faster than Zeke, but he also is going to spread you out of catch the ball. Even though I'm talking about Zeke had 77 catches last year, yeah. Right? So I, I would go Saquon. I would, but too. I would not feel. In any way, disappointed if I had Zeke on my team. Now, well, uh, with Kamara, now that's a different story. Now, this he is a Ferrari down there, and there are so many different things, different use. I'm wondering how it's going to work out without having Ingram back there with him. Yes, but when you, whatever you want to do with him, put him put him wherever, man. And he's he's that guy. Uh, my own. I had one more. I lied. Um, the Trent Williams situation. I know you're close to yeah, Washington. Yeah. Um, it came out today uh, from a tweet from former Washington Redskins Sua Cravens, who was there for like a like little bit. But he said two years later, and I'm still fighting the skins on something they continue to do countless times: um, mishandled injuries and withheld information. All evidence points to them being guilty. Mm-hmm. The story, if people don't realize, and I know we've talked about it a lot, Trent Williams. The the main story is now. Midway through the year, he goes to the training staff and says, I got a bump on my head. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. And they go, you're fine. It's not a big deal. After the season, he gets it looked at. It's a tumor. Yeah. It's the disease of doubt. Once I doubt you, I can never not doubt you again. And they've said he's not publicly asked us for money. He's not asked us to fire the medical staff. He just wants to leave. I've never seen this before. Well, because Zeke wants money. Yeah. Gordon wants money. Yep. Le'Veon wants money. Yep. He wants to go. Well, here's the thing. As a player, there's not a lot of guys that you can just trust. But there's one staff that you have to be able to trust without doubt. That you're going to look out for my best interest, whether it's the best interest of the team or not. I have to believe that the training staff is going to say, Brian, 
We want you to play. But the truth is that your ankle is really messed up, and you probably could play, but it's not in your best interest to play. Or Trent Williams, we're going to take a look at this bump on your head, and I don't care if our quarterback gets hit a million times. You're not playing until we figure out exactly what this is. Because our season's already over because Alex Smith's knee exploded. Yeah, because we suck. And, yes. and, and guess what? We're going to take care of you because we're concerned about you, the man, And we're expecting you, you to wear a Washington jersey in the Hall of Fame when you get inducted Absolutely. because for the last eight years, you haven't missed a Pro Bowl. Oh, and by the way, it's bigger than the game. And I know nobody wants to hear that. The teams don't want to say that, but it really is. And the guys have to believe that and trust that because at some point you're going to go to the trainer, you're going to say, hey, listen, my ankle's hurt. And you want the trainer to say, well, you know what? You can't do any more damage to your ankle. And you have to believe that because as a player, you're going to go out there and play if they tell you that. And I got to trust you in the, that you're telling me the truth. Are they going to be able to sign a free agent after this? Um, depends how much money they want to yeah, pay. Yeah. I mean, I, I say it comes back to the money question. They'll but say, I'll pay for my own doctors. If you're Trent Williams, I'm, I'll, I'll say this. If you're Trent Williams, it, there's no going back. Do you think he plays a game with Washington ever again? No. Wow. Just and, if, like and, and here's the other thing. If you're the Redskins, why would you want him to? I would trade him in a minute. Okay, you don't want to be here. You know what? We're not going to win anyway. Here's the problem. The top three teams that are rumored to be interested in Trent Williams. The Patriots, you might be sending them to win a Super Bowl. So The what? Browns, you might be sending them to win a Super Bowl. Possibly. And they become the team of cast-off NFC East players, yeah. Odell Beckham and Trent Williams. Or you send them to the Texans. That's the one that makes sense to three me. Three AFC teams. And guess what? If you give me my asking price... I don't care if you win. We're not going to win anyway. We Tex- weren't going to win with him. Texans just gave up, possibly, if he plays enough snaps, a third-round pick for Duke Johnson. They should <laughs> that's, be that's a bad move. instantly giving up a first-round yeah. pick for Trent well, Williams. Well, here's the deal. If you're the Washington Redskins, you're not going to win anyway, with or without him, straight up. So it doesn't really matter if he's there or not. You're not going to win. Three of those teams, all three of those teams are AFC teams. So it's not necessarily not giving them to your division or your conference. So it really doesn't matter in that way. I want to know who has the best package that I get some draft picks and some money. That's what I want back if I'm the Redskins. But you don't see him ever playing again, and it's time for Washington to move on. I don't regain my trust in that man that told me that this thing that could have been, in worst-case scenario, cancerous was nothing. I can't. How do I trust you Can you imagine? Something big like that. That's this is huge. This is important to me. I can't trust you anymore. This isn't an ankle sprain. No. This isn't this is even bigger than Kevin Durant. And, and you know what? All you had to do is check it out. That's all you had to do. That's how you all had to do. That's all you had to do. Check it out. Just check it out. Because I came to you and made a big deal of it. And all you have to do is check it out. And what you didn't do is do your one job. You had one job to check it out. That's your job. Now, I've just like you said, I busted my butt, made countless Pro Bowls for us as a team. And we've been terrible my entire career in Washington. And this is how you treat me? I blocked for Colt McCoy multiple times. And this is how you treat me? I'm blocked for Kirk Cousins and RG3. The NFL is supposed to be the best in so many areas. If I'm Trent Williams, I can't play for them no more. Damn. I'm not treated like the best anymore. It's over. I'm out of there. All right. Westbrook, you're the fucking man. Hey. Anything else you want to say to the people of Earth? <sighs> the people. <laughs> I love you, man. I love the, all hey. the people. Of Earth. There it is. Uh, and, I, and when I said in the beginning that you're the greatest Eagles running back of all time, I mean that. I appreciate it. And that. so when you talk about Donovan not having weapons, bro, he had you. Well, yeah. You had like 80 catches in seasons. Yeah, it, was, it was 90, but yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, want him, I want him to have some receivers too, you know what That's I mean? That's fucking awesome. Uh, 
Uh, again, hard knocks Tuesday night. If it doesn't go well, it could be dead. I'm going to be in L.A. working on some things for the new show, which I haven't been able to announce yet. So my hope is I'm going to record a short solo pod. Maybe Ingber is going to come on from Rams camp, but I'm going to only be talking about hard knocks. So it'll be like a 20, 30 minute episode coming out on Thursday. Love you all a lot. For B West, I'm the L-E-F-K-O-E man, and we will holla, holla, holla at you guys later. Be well, everybody.